Hello, what is up, everyone? Happy holidays. Uh, we are back after, you know, the, the, the Christmas holidays, being with family, eating loads of food. Um, I had two cakes, you know. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a, a very good Christmas indeed. And uh, uh, we, we, we definitely couldn't leave the show hanging because some big things happened um, in this episode. And uh, I saw that there were some leaks out there. So the people know <laughs> what what went down. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Um, and yeah, so this is the power cast that we are here to recap. Power uh, book three, uh, Raising Canaan season three, episode five. And the title of the episode is Brothers and Keepers. Wow, that's a mouthful. But um, yeah, I am joined by Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Richard? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? What's up, indeed? Uh, and I'm also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you doing, Dana? I'm I'm doing good. But, you know, I missed my opportunity to say that's what she said when she was talking about mouthfuls. Oh wow! <laughs> well, you you went to take it there. Well, okay. <laughs> but um, but no, I like your hat, Dana. Um, and yeah, we're like. Did you two have a, a good Christmas? Any any funny stories for us over the holidays? You guys have a good time. Uh, well, I will just say uh, yes. Happy holidays to everybody. If my audio sounds off, it's because I'm actually still I'm actually still out of town visiting family in Boston. Hopefully, uh, everything sounds all right though. But yeah, it was a very good holiday. I got to see my niece open up a bunch of toys and then proceeded to make me play all of the toys with her for the last couple of days. So it's been a it's been a, a fun time for sure. But uh I have, I have no complaints, just enjoying the holiday mm. season. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, you gotta let me you gotta let me know what new toys are out there, man, because I used to love toys back in the day. Like that was my thing every Christmas, man, getting the new toys. I still got the uh Michael Keaton Batman toy. Like from from back in the day, like so, yeah. I remember uh, that. But, but yeah, but that's good, man. Um, Christmas is a time for family, so so yeah. Uh, Dana, did you have a good time too? I went to sleep, just me, myself, and I, and we went to sleep. Oh, that's good. You, you gotta get that rest in when you can, especially you, because you're so busy all the time. So I'm glad you got some rest. But um, but yeah, let's not delay it any further. Um, you know, to the people out there, we appreciate you all. You know, um, thank you for supporting the show continuously. You know, please do hit the like button, um, subscribe to the channel, and leave those comments because I can't wait to see the comments on this episode. Like after what happened, yeah, I can't wait to see what what the people are thinking out there. Um, I'm seeing so many theories as well. Like. Um, out there so yeah i can't wait to see uh what the temperature is but i won't delay anymore let's get right into the takeaways for this week so um it is dana's turn to go first dana we are all eagerly awaiting what you have to say so when you're ready oh god <laughs> the pressure um no so this was was interesting a little side note to stars please stop including the spoiler list in our emails because we knew way in advance we popped off and usually I don't care 
about spoilers, it's all about execution. But I was just, you know, looking forward to a certain moment. And then when it happened, womp, 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 for me. But whatever. Um, so this episode, obviously, we start off with a lovely monologue. Because the monologue bookends really what to expect and what could happen in the future. And that's why I love these monologues so much. So the first one is basically saying, um, when you're in a spot, people want to just know they're steady watching, steady hating, steady scheming. They say what's yours is theirs. Tell them you took something that's rightfully belongs to them. They want what's theirs. They're coming for it. They're coming for you. So basically, you know, keep your eyes open, essentially. Don't get too comfortable. And I think that, you know, a lot of times you get comfortable in positions, no matter what it is. It doesn't have to be the drug game. It could be a regular game. It could be just, a, you know, I'm the janitor at UPS. And you get certain comfortabilities, and, and there's someone that's always there for your spot. And they think that what you have, you know, you didn't get that rightfully, so I'm going to take it. It really belongs to me. And we saw that. We saw that this episode with both Unique and with um, Kanan in regards to Famous. And we can, you can a little bit maybe argue that we saw some of it with um the relationship with, I don't want to say Aisha and, and, and Jukebox because it, that also can be a very special relationship. It does, it means that we can both share. I'll explain later. So this, this was really interesting is that we have to talk about the whole unique situation and the Rodney situation. Rodney, you know, is very upset and angry, basically saying that I had everything working out for us according to plan and you came and you took it and you wasted it all. And he is a guy who is very literal. When you look at him, he seems like someone who's always plotting and scheming and planning. And that's exactly what he was doing. But what was very interesting was, I, I wonder if it was coupled with, I don't want to say paranoia, because I don't really know what it would be. I'm not a doctor. But it was interesting about he was so um, secure with the fact that he thought that Unique was running a heroin business. Remember, and, and he's like, oh, I know you're hiding stuff from me. I know you're hiding the business from me. And that's when we had that confrontation with Kanan. Was like, oh, you, is it Unique? Is it that heroin? What's he doing? And he's like, heroin? You know, when we know it's just some little cute weed business, but you know, it's heroin. So you have that kind of paranoia then you already know that he wants his spot back. And he's really upset by how he's running the, the situation. And what was really interesting was that he was so adamant that you, and they gave you a really good kind of sense of security that no matter what, Unique, not Unique, Ronnie was not going to attack Unique. Because remember when he had the conversation with this with his sister and she was like, you know, it can just be you essentially saying, I can do business with you, but as long as you're related to unique as long as he's still alive I, I can't i can't work with you and that's when he's like no this is my brother you will not touch my brother i will not touch my brother and it was so secure in that and then we coupled it we go right to the end when they start fighting and obviously he bashes him in the head with this with the pipe and he can't he beats him to death essentially um it's really interesting because we always knew that it it felt like it was, I want my spot back, 
but also at the same time, it felt like it was done in anger. He didn't really mean to kill him, but the fact that he's dead, oh well, it is what it is. And so now he'll move forward with reclaiming his spot back. And it was really interesting of how they kind of bridged it with the end with um, Cersei Sin's voiceover is basically saying, you know, you, you're throwing punches and then you realize you throw a punch that you can't take back. And so um, it kind of makes me wonder what the repercussions are going to be. Not so much the act of killing Unique, but what is the repercussions in killing Unique? Because it then says that's when things get dangerous. Brother turns on brother husband, wife, and everybody basically unravels. And it says that's when things fall apart. That also kind of reminded me of the falling out between Famous and Kanan. Yes, they're kids, it's not as serious as what Rodney and Unique is going through. But what's interesting for me is they both know each other's business. And the fact that Famous told Kanan what happened with Freddie, if he's put under so much pressure by the police, will he then give that information to the police and therefore we see the downfall of famous? I mean, we often want, we know that we, we don't know what happened with that relationship because it's never spoken about in the original Power series. But it just made me wonder, they're both angry right now. Famous doesn't feel supported at all. Kanan feels like Famous is screwing up the business for him and is causing more problems for him. So I wonder if there's going to be some kind of retaliation in terms of that, or are they going to happily go their own way? And I don't know. So for me, that's what makes it the most interesting thing in it all. And then uh, there was the situation between Jukebox and Aisha, which we finally got happiness. It was such a happy episode that even um, Marvin was smiling when he was in the car and looking for, for his daughter and he saw her with Aisha and he was just like, ooh, ooh. And you know, and he was like, oh, you got your taste for me. Um, it's a really interesting juxtaposition between that scene and when we first, I believe it was season one, when he was trying to kill, not really kill, kill, but you know, was angry enough that he put the pause on Jukebox for being gay. And now we see him being like, oh, there's room in the back. Does she need a ride? So it's really nice to see that. But the thing that you have to remember is this is the music industry. And we all know Pebbles, Pebble Jr. or whatever she is. She don't play right now. Um, but Crystal is extremely angry, you know, that Aisha keeps messing up the steps. Is, you know, the blocking's not good. And I wonder what she's willing to do to keep her spot. And I wonder the relationship between Aisha and Jukebox, the fact that she told her, hey, it was a girl. You know, I'm, I'm gay without saying I'm gay. It is the 90s. So I wonder if that information is going to be used against her. I wonder if it's going to make them closer because she genuinely didn't care. But I wonder if it's going to be the pressure of the music industry, the pressure of, say, Crystal coming after her or Pebbles in the background. How is that going to work in this dynamic? And I know I'm trying to be really positive for Jukebox, but I don't fully trust in positivity. 
when things start going too good, that's when I'm like, uh, there's a downfall somewhere. I don't like that. So those were like the, the three main things. And then also, again, going back with him, that's when things fall apart. We have Dean's funeral. Just want to kind of mention, Dean was helping a lot of different people. He wasn't like a small time come upper. You know, he was deeply embedded in both of that community and with other people's businesses. So I wonder, with him out of the picture, how does that fall into play? So that should be a very interesting look of things. But those would be my big main threes, and we'll go into the small, the smaller parts and the other parts as well. Thank you very much for those uh, excellent takeaways. Um, you you, you kind of pointed out some stuff that I actually have like listed on the questions and stuff, the stuff that we got to talk about later. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the whole Canaan and famous thing because that's something we need to discuss for sure. But go ahead. And go just, ahead, just a side note, technically, if we're doing neighborhood-wise, as in like overhead camera, I could have been. I, I think I'm in this episode of Raising Canaan because they did oh, an overhead shot. Can we, we legally show the picture? Oh, yeah. We might not be able to actually. See, um, yeah, we record beforehand. So I don't yeah. think because it's watermarked. So because yeah. we record beforehand, we can't show it. But is over. I'll post it in the community board when it airs. So okay. you guys can see that. But there's an overhead shot of New York City, and I was like, wait, that's that park that I thought was originally built in the 2000s, was actually built in the 90s. So it's very accurate how they use that overhead shot with the park on the side that was actually built in 93. So yeah, and also really quickly, there's the diner that they went to with, um, what was it, Gerald and um, Marvin, mm-hmm. where they was eating those delicious, and another side thing. So I'm gonna, I'm sorry. One, that diner, that's an okay diner. That's not really a good diner. So just want y'all to know that if y'all ever go down there, I believe it's on like 90th Street and Broadway, that diner, them pancakes were extra fluffy and them eggs were extra nice and creamy and, and those sausages was plump. It don't look like that in real life. That's TV food. And also maybe it's just me, but anytime when somebody says, oh, I gotta go and in the middle of eating and they just leave the food there, that bothers me. Like I'm getting a take home box. That always bothers me. I hate that. And like when you see like here's a big spread of breakfast that mama created. I can't I can't eat right now. I'm gonna just grab the banana. Like demon children, starve. All of y'all. <laughs> no, that that's true. Cause I, I sometimes I think the same thing as well. Like, how can you just like you, you had a whole full plate of food and you just walked away and left it? Like like Gerald better yeah. eat that and not waste the money. Like <laughs> he had pancakes. <laughs> Grits, eggs, good plump sausages, and and probably some oatmeal. And you're gonna just up and leave, and that's not fair for Gerald. That is just not fair at all. And I know he paid the table, like he has the bill, but still, that's just so that's raggedy. Take a table. See, I'm sorry. You know, I have to go right now. We're gonna meet up later on, and also do the take home box. All that food just sitting there, and that food looked good and greasy. Yum. Yeah, for real. And and you know the staff is probably just gonna like put it in the bin or something like so they, they, they better put that in a box and give it to Gerald or something, man. Like <laughs> but um but yeah, uh, great takeaways as always. Um and it is Richard's turn to go next. 
So Richard, when you're ready. Okay, first and foremost, uh, excellent takeaways by Dana as always. And I look forward to hearing what you have to say as well, Gary. Uh, so let me start by saying outstanding episode of Razor Canaan. I'm going to uh, echo what Dana said. It would be great not to know some of these spoilers ahead of time. But like I said, it was still a very entertaining episode. So uh, I'm going to get into my three quick takeaways. Um, first and foremost, I know, Gary, you already mentioned we're going to talk about Canaan and Famous. Well, let me just mention a little bit about this, because this is part of my one of my takeaways. And of course, in this episode, we saw that Famous got taken in for questioning because they're trying to find out what happened to Freddie, which is the character that Famous killed last season. Now, I thought it was very interesting that he did tell Kanan, I did kill Freddie. He took and he kept talking to him as if he was confessing this to Kanan. And Kanan, I thought it was very interesting <laughs> what Kanan said in return. You make sure you take that shit to the grave. You know, I don't want to hear anything else about this. And I don't want you messing around with my business. So then you saw after he told Famous this, the entire episode now, they've kind of just kind of sort of avoided each other. So I am very curious to see what happens in the next episode. Obviously, Famous knows that Kanan, you know, he knows that Rock pretty much put that gun in Kanan's bag. Now, I don't think he knows the fallout about what happened after that. So we do know at some point Kanan is going to have a conversation with Famous. Famous may confess this to him. And Kanan's probably going to catch, I mean, to say uh, Famous is probably going to catch a beat now. So uh, I look forward to seeing when that happens because I feel like that's going to happen now for sure. So stay tuned for that. But one last thing I will say about this takeaway. I do like, once again, I got to give a shout out to uh, the actor that plays Famous. That was a dope performance at the end of the episode. I like how they had the performances at the end with all the different rap groups. And then, of course, Famous. Anytime Famous has a performance in this show, it's it's a dope, catchy song. Like I know that we were talking about The Streets Need a Body. That that song he had back in a couple seasons ago it's just a great choreography with the music and stuff like that. So I enjoyed that for sure. And I look forward to seeing, hopefully, Famous gets back into rapping. You saw that Lou was very much, he liked the vibe of it. Marvin, you saw Marvin also dancing to the to, to it as well. So I hopefully this means that now Famous will get back to making music and he'll be able to work with Lou, so on and so forth. So look, for, look forward to seeing what happens with that. So stay tuned. Uh, my second takeaway of this episode I want to touch upon briefly with what happened with Jukebox in this episode as well as Kanan. Now, Dana had already mentioned that, you know, Jukebox is forming a bond with uh, Aisha. You know, Aisha is seen as the weak link in this group. And she did offer to basically help teach her to help her get improved so that she's not messing up everything for everybody in the group. Uh, I did find it very interesting when they had their conversation jukebox made mention that she shows she, she that she sort of reminds her of nicole we know that obviously jukebox says she's just a friend and i like how they had the whole conversation between marvin and jukebox in the car that famous song friends how many of us have them fun funny funny great conversation um but what i do find interesting is how later in this episode when they're at the club watching these groups perform, Kanan pretty much is talking with Jukebox saying, hey, you know, is is that you? If not, I'm, I'm kind of interested in her. 
And then she does warn Kanan and says, you need to be careful with this one. She's not like the girls you messed around with before. So that kind of makes me very curious to see what's going to happen now. Obviously, they're only friends. Kanan, I mean, Jukebox and Aisha are only friends, right? You, they, they said that multiple times. But obviously, you know, she did feel a little uncomfortable after Kanan said that. She had a look on her face like, okay, I don't want Kanan to mess this up because this girl is a part of the same group. So I want to see where they're going with that dynamic. I don't think it's going to be positive, but uh, let's see where they're going. So stay tuned for that. And finally, my final takeaway of this episode, and this is obviously the biggest thing of the entire episode, we need to talk about what went down in this episode with Unique and Ronnie. Now, let me say right now, first and foremost, this is a masterclass in how you build tension between characters and you have it play out until the very end of the episode. And I thought it was fantastic performances by both Joey Badass as well as Brantham. They did an outstanding job in this episode. Obviously, the episode started with Ronnie stealing the car. And then this entire episode, he's on Unique talking about, I'm, I, you know, I want to get back what Rock took from us. And the thing about it is that, you know, Unique is basically trying to tell him things have changed now. I have this thing I'm trying to do with this heroin deal. He presents that offer to Ronnie. Ronnie shuts it down. And again, it's just so, so much tension between them and how they're talking back and forth. And then he does tell it, tell him, I know you mess around with, with Rock. And basically tell him that he's gotten weak. Now, one thing I did find funny about this episode, and I'll get into the other part. One thing I did find funny, though, is that when Ronnie decides to tell Unique's girl that he is messing around with, with, with Rock, and then this whole stars the whole thing about what happens when, 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 when uh, Joey Badass, a.k.a. Unique, has a conversation with her. But what I find funny about this is that in the previous episode, Ronnie did not like that Dean told Unique that he approached him about trying to do business. So in this episode, Ronnie decides to tell Unique's girl, yes, he's messing around with Raquel. So it's kind of like this guy is also talking to get things stirring. And this is exactly what he does in this episode to get his brother in trouble. Now, I did, I did find it funny when, you know, Unique's girl comes to him and tells him about he's messing around with Raquel. How could you do this? She, she tried to kill us. He's like, his response is just hilarious to me. It's like, you're happy here, right? Are you are you are you taken care of? You're taken care of? You're worried about her? I thought that was just such a ridiculous response from Unique because it's like he's like, it doesn't matter. I'm taking care of you so I can do whatever I want to do. And that's why I thought it was a hilarious response. And then, of course, we get the final showdown between brothers. Now, I will tell you this. When I saw this scene, I did reach out to Gary and say, you know, this was a fantastic scene, but listen, when I saw Ronnie take off the glasses, I did laugh because it's like, you know, you're getting into a fight with somebody. Let me take off my glasses. I, and then, and then of course, they start throwing blows. That was very entertaining to see that, you know, but obviously Ronnie took it too far. Unique had his moment where he took him down. He got a couple of blows in, you know, had him down, had his victory moment. And then Ronnie comes back. And this is this is the vicious side of, of Ronnie coming out to just take out Unique. and. I do want to make this clear because I know, Gary, you mentioned earlier that you saw people have a lot of theories. I think we can all come to the conclusion that Unique is dead because they told us this multiple times. You had him get beaten down. You had the monologue that 50 Cent gave, talk about kings falling at the very end. You had him getting dro dropped off at the dumpster in the trash, thrown out. 
And then again, it's just like go back to what Dana said earlier when 50 Cent had the monologue about, yeah, you take a punch that you wish that you could take back. So I think it's pretty obvious that Unique is dead. You know, I saw people have theories. They don't think he's dead. They think he could come back. I don't know about that. I, I highly doubt that. But uh, I do want to say this. If this is the last time we see Joey Badass, and I think it is, he did an outstanding job as this character. I mean, fantastic job as this character. It shakes things up. And the last point that I do want to make is that it is important when he had that that argument with his girl because his girl was saying, yes, you know, Rock tried to take us out before. So I think that she's going to be suspicious that Raquel has something to do with taking out Unique. I don't think she's going to suspect that Ronnie did it. But I do want to see where they're going with that because you don't bring up that conversation and then you just forget about that later. When, whenever they have a funeral for Unique in the next episode, so on and so forth, I would not be be shocked if she sees Raquel there and has a confrontation with her or something, something, something to that degree. So we'll have to wait and see. But overall, outstanding episode. Can't wait to see what happens. But we are going to have to wait for a little bit because they are going on a break after this episode. So second week of January, that's when we'll get the next episode. So stay tuned for that. But excellent episode, excellent acting. I love this show. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Go ahead, Dana. I think she's, she's muted. I'm muted. So something triggered me when you were like, Kings will fall. Question for everyone. Do you consider Unique to be a king? Because Ronnie ex- clearly ex- explained how much unking he was not. I mean, the the business that he had at the at the Chinese restaurant was he said was not good, and and it's so nice not so nice terms, and that basically he was being railroaded by Rock, and that he essentially wasn't what he could have been or used to be. So even though we understand the term with Kings of Fall and it was very poetic and Shakespearean, would you really consider him to be a king? Like, I know, like, brotherly king, but, like, was he really good at his job from what we have seen from season one to season three? That's a that's an excellent question. Um, and I think you, I think you actually, you made a very good point on the last podcast when you said that when Unique, when, when Roddy came back, you know, it was never a situation where Unique offered him his position back because Unique learned everything that he's doing now from his brother, Ronnie. And Ronnie gave him the stuff to take over when he went away for jail. So I kind of feel like to answer your question, uh, maybe the illusion that they give the audience is that Unique was a king. But no, he wasn't because you saw when Ronnie came back and how he ex- ex- he exerted dominance. He made all these these power moves. Clearly, this is the guy that taught Unique everything he knows. So I think it really more so is about Ronnie emerging now to show you exactly why he has always been the one that's in charge. Um, but obviously, if you're a fan of Unique, then you're going to feel a certain type of way about that. And now I'm very curious to see what the reaction is going to be when people see this, for those who haven't seen it yet, because I kind of feel like people are going to be a little very heartbroken that this guy is off the show. But I don't know. I mean, we have to wait and see what happens. But to answer your question from my perspective, uh, I don't think that Unique is a king. We saw him lose his kingdom all of the last, especially with last season when the when they got messed met, uh, when they started messing with the Italians. You saw his his best friend get killed. You saw a lot of them lose and fall out. And then of course he did save Raquel at the end of last season. 
but we saw his, everything that he built was crumbling from the beginning of the show because Rock was taking over. So I don't think he was a king, but Ronnie definitely is the king now. He's the big dog, supposedly. So <laughs> that's just my opinion. But I would like to hear what Gary has to say about this. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, similar to you, Rich, um, Unique was a king, you know, um, in the first season. But the moment, you know, Rock Raquel got one over on him, you know, and sent him to prison, and then he came out, and then Unique ended up working for Raquel under her organization, that was the moment he kind of fell off from being the king. Like, you know, um, and then I would say at that point, you know, the, the, the king became the queen because Raquel, you know, was the show after that, you know. So, um, yeah, like his reign as king kind of came to an end a while ago and he was just kind of adjusting to to uh, the moment. Now, obviously, you know, in this season, he was the only one that was kind of in the game still because Raquel was kind of out the game momentarily. So, you know, he was like the the key player in the game and, in, in, you know, well, him and Kanan, I guess, were, you know, but they're selling two different things. So Unique was like the main player and now it's running, of course. So if you look at it in that sense, maybe, you know, the king thing applies, but if you're looking at it in the grand scheme of things, he, he wasn't a king anymore. But uh, Dana, you was going to say something else? Yeah. So then I was wondering from a writer's standpoint perspective, was this the smartest move to get rid of the character? Because to me, it really seemed like the storyline wasn't necessarily dying and there was a way to revive it because of Rodney. But even if he was to take Rodney out of the equation, I felt for me, that unique storyline was was kind of drifting off. So by removing him from this, do you feel that that was best for the show and that Ronnie can bring kind of a resurgence to a, a replacement for him? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good question. I actually do have some things to say about that um shall, shall we uh let me get to my takeaways and then we'll double back to that because yeah oh you know, gosh i, I forgot work. your takeaways i'm so sorry <laughs> yeah we'll double yeah. back to that let me, let me make a note because we're, we're gonna pick that up right where we left off because that's a good question so yeah uh so it was does it make sense to kill unique right okay cool so we'll get to that let me just give my takeaways um real quick so so yeah, like going back to Kanan and Famous, um, uh, Famous, I mean, sorry, Kanan, he was like, he was very concerned about his business in this episode. And he's really showing the makings of a leader at the moment with his, you know, little network slash organization that we have going um, right now with the, the couriers. Now, obviously, you know, uh, we saw last week what happened with the gun and him being put on kind of a probation uh, situation and he has a social worker checking up on him and everything. So he can't physically be the leader um, at the moment because he has this, this, uh, you know, um, this probation to deal with, if you will. Um, so obviously that is going to present some challenges. We saw that in this episode, he had to rely on famous 
um, to kind of help out a little bit, but Famous ended up getting caught with the money. Now, uh, Richard actually brought up, you know, the conversation they had where, uh, you know, Famous came clean about the Freddie murder. And I thought it was very interesting, you know, the wording they used uh, where Kanan was like, you know, this gets put in the grave with you, you know, like this, uh, (laughs) this situation with Freddie, like you don't mention it no more. And this situation goes to the grave with you. Like, I just thought the, the phrasing of that was very interesting. And it really makes me curious about where this friendship is going to end up and if death is going to be a factor in how this, you know, friendship ends. Um, because, you know, I, they, they like to plant these seeds and that, you know, just, it was so like precise, the wording, it was like, wow, like it is because, you know, this, this whole Freddy thing could come back to haunt them, um, you know, because the cops are very, we, we see that they're kind of, you know, building a case around the whole, you know, Crown Camacho thing. And, you know, um, they, they don't, they, they're not buying the Crown Camacho thing at all. And, you know, they brought in Raquel to question her some more about it. And of course, you know, they brought up the murder with Famous and they know that these people are connected. So, you know, if if they're able to compromise Famous, you know, the order could even come from the top to get rid of Famous. Like, you know, it could come from Raquel. It could come from Howard or somebody, you know, if it gets too deep. So, yeah, it just makes me think like, you know, where this friendship is heading and if it's coming to a, a close anytime soon. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I, I do, I agree with Rich that it was cool to see famous, you know, back on his game a little bit at the bar with, with his performance, because we know that that's his real passion. Like he's not really cut out for the streets and the drug life. So it was cool that he got his little moment to shine again, because he's been wanting to do that since the, the previous season. So, so that was cool that uh, Lulu kind of provided him that opportunity. Um, and yeah, so let me get to the second takeaway. Speaking of that, because, you know, we saw that um, in that scene, you know, Kanan was introduced to Aisha and um, <laughs> they had the whole conversation. Obviously, you know, Aisha and Jukebox, they've kind of developed a bond. And Jukebox is helping her out with uh, the moves and everything because she was messing up. And, yeah, they're getting kind of close. There's a lot of chemistry there. You know, Marvin, you know, he was kind of um, grilling her about the the, the nature of this friendship, this connection. Um, But Jukebox seems like, you know, she wants to keep it, you know, strictly friends because she sees uh, that this is a business situation with the band, with the group, I guess. But, you know, that begs the question now, um, if Kanan gets involved with Aisha, you know, uh, this girl is already having problems with um, keeping up, you know, in the group. So my question is, you know, could this be a recipe for disaster? Because um, hooking up with Kanan might take her head out of the game even more. And, you know, Kanan has his own problems going on, too. So his problems could end up being her problems if they, you know, start hanging together, um, you know, pretty closely. And then also there's the question of is Jukebox, you know, she she might want to stay friends with Aisha, but does she feel anything for her? 
is she developing any feelings for her? Because that could happen. Um, it seems like they're alluding to something like that. But, um, you know, I think Jukebox is very smart and she knows that that's probably not the best idea um, for the group. So, you know, maybe she'll try to, you know, manage, you know, her, her feelings about that. Because, uh, I mean, that's the whole reason she was like, you know, go ahead, Kanan, because she realizes, I think, that it would be a bad idea for her to kind of, you know, do anything with Aisha. So she gave them that she gave them her blessing, basically. Um, but yeah, the, the, I feel like this is going to be a recipe for disaster, though, if Kanan does get close with her. So I'm very curious to see what direction they go with that. Uh, Crystal is already, you know, um, she I think she called her the B word in this episode. So she's already, uh, yeah, she, she's already not feeling the situation. And then of course, Pebbles, uh, which we've kind of dubbed her is, um, she's, you know, scolding Aisha about it saying, this is a waste of time. You know, if you keep messing up. So yeah, it's not looking good already. Uh, there's trouble in paradise, but we'll see how that pans out. Um, and then, the Ronnie situation is my third takeaway. So, yeah, um, I, I, I watched this episode twice. And the first time I watched it, I, I looked at it a completely different way, different way from the second time. So, like, the first, on the first watch, you know, obviously there's the situation uh, with Juliana. He has the conversation with her and, you know, he tells her, like, uh, basically, you know, he's my brother. He's not going anywhere, you know, even though she's suggesting that, you know, her husband, she she thought her husband was going to be her husband forever, but then he went away. And yeah, like, so she's kind of suggesting that Unique should go away, um, if you will. And Ronnie's like, no, that's not happening. He's my brother. He's not going anywhere. And then, you know, later on, we, we see what happens. Um, obviously, Ronnie tells uh, per- Panessa about, you know, uh, Raquel and they have a fight, you know, Panessa and Unique and then Unique goes looking for Ronnie and they fight. And so, so originally, you know, I thought, okay, they, they got into a fight um, and Unique got the better of him and Ronnie's ego is what makes him go for the weapon and kill Unique, you know, because he's butthurt that his little brother you know, got the better of him in, in the altercation. But then, you know, watching it the second time, I'm like, did did he really, like, after he spoke to Juliana, did he think about this and be like, you know what, I am going to kill him? Like, just because, just the way, like, you know, Dana, you said earlier, he was plotting, scheming, planning, like, just the way he planted that seed of, you know, in, in, in Panessa's mind, like, yeah, he's messing with Raquel. And then look at where Ronnie was because they made it a point to show us that Unique was looking for him. Like, he was out there checking everywhere. And Ronnie just happened to be at the perfect location for a murder to, to take place, like, at that shop with nobody there, you know? Like, so it's like, this makes me look at him in a completely different way. Like he is a different level of psycho, like just the way he orchestrated this whole thing. It's like, and then he waited, he waited until unique started the altercation. Like he didn't, you know, kill him because, because if he was planning to kill him, 
he didn't do it right away. Like as soon as Unique walked in the door, he didn't try to start anything. He waited until Unique touched him. And then he did what Richard said. He took off the glasses and then, yeah, they got scrapping. So it's like he, he set up Unique for this to happen. Like he set up Unique for his own demise. He played on his brother's emotions and, you know, he used that as the motivation to get rid of him. So like just watching that whole thing was, was so cold. Like he, he is definitely, he, he is like quickly becoming one of the top power villains already, you know, in five episodes. So props to the, the, the brother that plays him props to Joey badass because, you know, he has been a standout character in this show. Like he really made, raising Canaan like he had a role in, in making this show what it is he fits the setting so well um he's obviously from Brooklyn in in uh you know in real life but he just fits into this whole theme and this whole setting perfectly like his character and yeah it's, it's a shame that he's gone now but yeah he, he his character will not be forgotten and and Joey Badass did an amazing job playing unique but Wow, Ronnie is—he's left an impression, um, and yeah, that—that—that's—that's that's pretty much my takeaways. But Dana, what was you gonna say, real quick? I was gonna say go on Netflix and watch Two Distant Strangers because mm-hmm. it won an Academy Award and it stars Joey, and it's fabulous and wonderful, and he's an incredible actor. Yeah, yeah, I, I need to see oh. that actually. <laughs> You yeah, have to see it. It's a short. It's a short. So it's not like, oh, it's two hours. No, it's a short. It's like maybe 40 minutes at most. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make it a point to oh. do that. Yeah, go. Wait, one random question because we conversate. Here's the thing that I feel with about the death, that it was a missed opportunity for him not to, because we saw the shop is always being vandalized, um, 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 Raquel's shop, missed the opportunity to not somewhat frame the murder on Raquel, or at least put the body in the shop, because we already know how much he hates Raquel. And that way, two birds, one stone, yay, everybody. Mm. Yeah, that, that's, I agree. that's a great point, uh-huh. yeah. 100% agree with that. Yes. It was a missed opportunity. That would have been perfect. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah. Um, so yeah, let, let's double back to that um, question that Dana had, because that is the perfect one to start with. So does, um, I, I believe it was, uh, does Unique's death, like, like, was it necessary to the show? Was that the question? Uh yeah, it was basically was was unique was unique's death, you know, necessary for the show because what more can that character do? He really wasn't in the game like he was in season one. There really wasn't any blood feud anymore between him and Raquel. There was really no one he was feuding with aside from his brother. So with that being said, was his does death death necessary in order to continue to drive the show and therefore we look at Ronnie and Ronnie can replace that character and therefore that storyline can move forward now with the fallout 
because even if he was to do it the other way around and everybody was thinking Rodney was gonna was gonna die because he he's the lead in another show it the storyline itself really wouldn't go anywhere but that is reversed does the story now pick up yeah so so that is a a, a, re- a really good question because um when I first watched this episode I was hurt like I that I, I didn't want to believe unique was dead like I thought okay he knocked him out. He's bloody, but Unique's going to get back up. You know, he, he's just knocked out right now. And then I saw him dump off the body and I was like, oh, I swore, basically. <laughs> I don't want to do that one here, but yeah. <laughs> um, but I, like, I didn't want to believe it. I, I couldn't see Raising Canaan without Unique. But after thinking about it, you know, because we, we got this... Uh, episode kind of early you know and we had some time to to process it um after thinking about it i realized okay yeah his character has done all he could do at this point because he was the main antagonist in the first season and like we said before you know uh, raquel got the better of him um you know he got outsmarted and he ended up working for raquel um, and it still seemed like he was going to try and, you know, uh, manipulate the situation and try and come out on top. But then he started flirting with Raquel and then they ended up in bed together. Um, and he saved her life, of course, at the end of uh, season one. So, yeah, like after that, it's like, what do you do with the character next? You know, um, and at the start of this season, of course, they introduced Ronnie. And, you know, we, we all knew that that was going to be interesting, seeing those two characters kind of play off with each other because uh, they're polar opposites and stuff, you know. So we knew that that was going to be good. But in the grand scheme of things, Unique is stuck at a certain level in the game right now, you know, with, with the, the Chinese spot. You know, he's kind of stuck there and he's content with that. You know, he's content with being, you know, at that level that he's at right now so it's like how far can you go ronnie of course wants to go higher he wants to run everything he wants to run south side so that is a more compelling you know story to watch to watch him kind of take over so i understand why they killed off the character obviously it does hurt because he was like a really really you know important character to the show but yeah, I could totally see why. And and they're clearing the chessboard, making room for, for other, you know, situations to take place, it seems like. Um, and yeah, I know the, the, the fandom is buzzing about what they think is coming next. There's a lot of theories. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, a lot of people know those theories like that people think is going to happen. But um, yeah, it just to me, after thinking about it, it makes a lot of sense. But Rich, what do you think about that? Well, first and foremost, this was an excellent question that you asked, Dana. Uh, I kind of feel similar to how you felt, Gary. And when I first saw the episode, uh, yeah, I did feel bad because it feels like Joey Badass has done an outstanding job as this character throughout the entirety of the whole time he's been on the show. Um, But because they're telling you the story about Ronnie, and the fact that he came out of prison and now he wants to get what he feels was taken away from him. This was a step that had to be taken uh, to somehow get Unique out of the picture. Because the thing is that they already told us that Unique wasn't going to retaliate against Raquel. 
they could have played games with that because even when the season started and you saw him start this relationship with Raquel, a lot of people were questioning, well, is he really, is he trying to play her or so on and so forth? And then they asked the same question of Raquel, is she trying to play a get over on unique? It felt as though there was, you know, just the fact that there was some respect there in that relationship, but it was never really serious. Uh, Maybe it could have felt like it was going to get serious, but then she cut that off when she was trying to get Kanan back in there and make sure that she tried to keep up this appearance of her being around Kanan all the time. So I kind of feel like for Joey Badass's character, it did feel like this was going, it was going to eventually have to come to a head with him having to be the one to have to deal with Ronnie. And of course, Ronnie coming out as the victor, it all makes sense because Ronnie has something to prove to try to get back at Raquel. And I kind of feel like it does open the pathway now for him to eventually approach Kanan once again with a potential opportunity to, because he knows, he doesn't know that Kanan does not like his mom right now. So this is something he can use to his advantage when he tries to approach him later for them to work together. But uh, I do think that, yes, it made sense for Unique to go out. I would not have expected it would happen this soon. This is probably something that could have happened at the end of the season. But I feel, though, as though they have a bigger plans that they're working on. This is why they decided to make this decision right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I I, I, I think, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we saw – Unique, he 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 was he he had he had prominence the first season, but then, like you said, Gary, when he got arrested, he went away. He he came back, and then he had to sort of team up with Raquel to try and deal with the Italians for that for the little the little time they had a truce together. So it kind of feel like the only other path they would have taken would have been him trying to eventually turn on Raquel, but it didn't. We didn't really get any indication he was going to do that. He believed that she was out the game. He was just trying to take what she had left over to try to build something off of that. So it, it really felt like, yeah, this was the end for the character. But uh, again, I'm very curious to see what the re- overall reaction is going to be because a lot of people love this character. I saw people had a lot of posts saying, man, they got rid of Unique on this show. I don't know if I can still watch this show. However, I will say this, though. Other people have been saying if they, if they kill Marvin off the show when I'm done watching the show. Well, that uh, that will definitely be a, a bigger blow, I think, to people who are watching the show now because you see Marvin grow so much as a character. Uh, but yes, this still this one still hurts to a degree, but I think the, the, the time was up. His time was up. But uh, we'll see what happens if he somehow survives and comes back, which I don't think is the case. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree. Um, Marvin will hurt. It will definitely hurt. I hope they I hope they don't do that. <laughs> I think they will do that, but I, I don't want them to. But um, Dana, like, have you got a summary for you know what you think about this? Because it was your question. So what, what's your oh, what's closing my thoughts on this? Um, my closing thoughts was um, he will always be an amazing actor. Remember, he's, he's moving won an Academy Award, so consider him an Academy Award winner, even though technically he didn't win. But the point is. Incredible actor. What he did for the show was in, was amazing. Um, I just kind of felt that it was a natural transition for that character, just because overall he wasn't as much in the mix as he was. That we know, for example, Raquel is kind of in that same spot, but we all know she's coming back. We all know that. Um, I'm more interested in the fact that right before Unique died, he had a conversation with Raquel saying that it was unique 
who knocked off Dean. And therefore, I wonder if she's going to act upon that. I mean, obviously not going near guns blazing, but I'm wondering if she's going to somehow go in there and, you know, put a little whisper out in somebody's ear and let them know what's really going on. Um, because there has to be some, I'm, I'm assuming there has to be a retaliation behind that. So that's that seems more interesting. But I do appreciate what Unique has brought to the show. I appreciate what Joey has done for the show. I just felt like it was just a natural progression. Unless he was going to actually team with his brother and have that conversation and really rule the streets. See, we're just constantly butting heads. And kind of to go back to what Richard said, I really do feel that he set him up. Maybe not consciously, but subconsciously set him up for there to be a confrontation. Maybe not necessarily I want to kill him, but there is going to be that showdown and that fight because he kept bringing about the girlfriend. Oh, he's with Raquel. And remember, she was sitting there with the sandwiches she made. Oh, you're with Raquel. And it was like, oh, please don't eat that food because I thought I thought that's how he was going to die. We knew that he was going to be killed by Unique, but I really thought like, oh, is it cyanide in that sandwich? a moment because I was like the way how she was like oh here it is and he's like thank you baby and she was like mm-hmm so I just kind of wondered for a second was she gonna poison him um but I I you know he to me it felt like subconsciously he set up that showdown by constantly telling her what was going on and you know not just that but just in general of you know you're weak you're not good enough and them fighting and going back with each other and having words. So yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but we have to see what happens from there. And I don't think he's dead dead. We we all know what it, when someone's dead dead, they're dead dead. But you know how they bring them back in like a little ghost voice? I wonder if he is going to haunt Unique. If we're gonna just see him in the corner with like a battered face. You did this, you know. And if that will haunt him. Or Rodney seems to be someone who's such a psychopath that I don't think you can haunt him. You know, I, I just will make a quick comment real quick. Well, two quick things. Because what you said is accurate. Uh, I Yeah, to go to what you said about the fact that Ronnie is the one that, that killed Dean, all right? So it this, this, this does perfectly set up. Now that Unique is dead, this does set up that Raquel... We will get a definitive answer. No, Raquel is still in the game because she's going to probably have to go after Ronnie now. So I look forward to seeing that show now. But I, I just want to make a comment, what you said about, uh, you know, potentially uh, Unique returning as a ghost. Uh, I know I know, Gary would, would like to see that, but I, I just want to say this. Uh, I find it interesting how there wasn't really any remorse that Ronnie had after it was done. Even though the 50 Cent monologue said, you take a punch that you wish you could take back. I didn't feel as a viewer that Ronnie regretted that decision afterwards. And I will be curious to see if he does have some regret later in the in the upcoming episodes. I'm not I'm not saying I don't know if it's going to be a, a ghost type of situation where there's a ghost of Unique showing up. But I didn't really feel that like he had any regret. He's like, oh, well, it happened. Oh, well, now I'm going to go ahead and do what I wanted to do, which is to get back at Raquel. Uh, so I will be very curious to see if we get that, but I don't know if we're going to get that. But that's something definitely to think about for sure. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get that because um, I have to shout out uh, my <laughs> friend, my friend uh, DG, uh, DJ, sorry, DJ, um, D- Dimitri. Shout out to him. Um, yeah, he he was saying uh, we were having a conversation about raising Canaan and um, 
he said that like he would like to see more emotion from from Ronnie, like more human moments from him, even you know, because he's just this straight cold character and we don't see like any other side of him. Um, and I feel like, you know, for him to regret that, we would need to see that. We would need to see more of his uh human side come through, come through in the character. And maybe they will start to do that, you know. So um it'll be interesting to see if he does end up regretting his actions in any way because you don't just kill a family member and like just stay cold like that you know like it's gonna hit you at some point like when the birthdays come around like oh this was my brother's birthday you know I remember giving him his bike you know when he was six years old or whatever like you know so that that stuff has to hit you at some point you know so yeah uh, I, I would like to see that in the future but um you two brought up you know, the whole Raquel thing. Um, and that leads right into the next question. Um, so the question is, like, um, how do you think Raquel is going to respond to the death of Unique? So that is the next question. So Dana, uh, what, you got any thoughts on that? Um, This is, I'm maybe, see, here's the thing. I wanna think that, oh, this is, you know, this is how she gets back in the game. Well, let's be like realistic here. I don't think any random man is going to get her back into the game. Even that said, I don't know of any. Yes, they had a relationship, but they know how to compartmentalize. So therefore, I'm wondering, oh, if she is, if she's even going to just retaliate in general and still be away from the game. Like, I think that it's 100 percent her son is what will get her back in that game. If anything comes across her and her son, and we do have the lingering fact that um, um, Freddie is dead, famous, is slowly, you know, losing it. And he's talking about that. That is haunting him. He doesn't have that stamina of burying it. So I think if there ever comes a case where, like, the FBI is like, and there's Freddie, famous will crack. But I do think that, that Raquel will be more than willing to go in there and, and, and start cracking some skulls over that if it comes to her son being involved with this as well. I don't see it being something unique. I think that she'd be like, oh, wow, that sucks. Pull one out for the homie. And that's that, you know, make sure that if he had any parents that they're taken care of, you know, for like a month. But I don't really see it being something that's like something that she has to come in there with guns blazing. I just don't feel that way. Um, I think more it relies upon on, on the fact that Rodney killed Dean. And I don't think, again, she's gonna be in their guns blazing, but I think she can whisper in certain people's ear because, you know, Dean impacted not just Unique, but also other people. They was explaining, you know, other people in the block. Remember how Marvin was like, oh yeah, he helped me that one time. There's a lot of times that people helped him and that could end up being something that's more serious than opposed to, you know, Raquel coming back. So I don't really see that being the situation ship with that. I think she will be hurt, she'll be sad, but she'll move on because again, that's part of the game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I don't necessarily think, you know, this is gonna be the thing that makes Raquel think, oh, I, I gotta get back in the game, but I think it's going to set off like a, a series of events um, that's going to happen. Now, 
Uh, I think it was Rich that said uh, the possibility of a funeral scene, or it might have been you, Dana, I don't know. But if if, if we do see Unique's funeral, um, I think that's going to be very interesting because obviously, you know, his, his uh, baby mother will be there, you know, Panessa, and she will confront Raquel if Raquel is there. And they could get to arguing and... Um, you know, through that argument, maybe Raquel learns that uh, it, w- it was Ronnie that told her and stuff. And then that, you know, makes him, you know, number one suspect. Um, and I, well, she might already think it's uh, Ronnie because Unique has kind of been telling her about Ronnie and his actions. And of course, the Dean thing. So, yeah, like that, he, he's probably already number one suspect, but like, once she learns that, you know, it was Ronnie who told her, um, I think, you know, that is going to definitely, you know, um, confirm everything. So what she does with that information is the real question. Um, and I do think there is going to be some other events that happen that I want to talk about in a sec that is going to lead to her actions. But yeah, go ahead, uh, Dana. I haven't said this phrase in a while because this power show doesn't really do that with this, but are you saying we could possibly get a dinner scene? <laughs> a, a dinner scene? You know my funeral. dinner. You you know my dinner scenes. We happen to be stuck in that same location, and everybody just start popping off at the mouth and start revealing things. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see like a repass situation, kind of like a snowfall <laughs> or something like, yeah, like um, that could happen. Well, remember, I, remember the Tariq show? We had that dinner scene. Yeah, yeah, that that's like the king dinner scene, you know, right there, like the one that was in Ghost, you know. So um, hopefully, yeah, we, we see something like that. But uh, Richard, what's, uh, what's your thoughts on that? On Raquel, like, what? How is she going to respond? Well, this is this is an interesting question. I, I definitely think we're going to get a funeral scene next episode, and she is going to get confronted by. You said, uh, I believe her name is uh, Pamissa or something like that. I don't know what you Vanessa. said. You said the name. Vanessa. No, it's, it begins it with Vanessa? like a P. It, yeah, it, begin, no, it, it begins, begins with, with a P. P I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What the girlfriend? Well, I thought it was yeah, Vanessa. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was Vanessa. Parnessa or something like that. No, no. Parnessa. It's Parnessa. Um so here's so here's the thing. What you said is correct. I do think she is going to approach Raquel, but this is also bad because the feds are looking for people to take down Raquel. So this works against Raquel in that in that regard. They 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 they, they go to questioning her, it could cause issues with that as well. So we have to m- make mention of that. But the reason what I made the comment earlier is that this could be what gets Raquel back into the game is because I think the way they laid everything out in this episode, Famous and and Kanan, they're not on the best of terms. I personally think in the next episode, Famous tells Kanan what Raquel did. Then this is when he cuts off Famous completely. And because he has an issue with Famous and the fact that he didn't tell him that basically his mom set him up. I could definitely see him leaning towards working with Ronnie. And we already know that Raquel is obsessed about Kanan. So while she would not want to get back into it, she would get back into it if she felt like her son was in trouble because now he's working with Ronnie. So that's why I say 
I leave that wide open. I think it's it's very clear we're going to get a showdown between Ronnie and Raquel. That's coming 100%. I, th- I see that coming. Because the thing is, what as watching this show, we don't get a sense of what Ronnie lost. The fact that Raquel took over and all this other stuff, we never got a chance to see things from his perspective. So because we aren't going to get a chance to see that, we are going to, however, see this showdown between these two characters. And again, Kanan is in the middle of this because Kanan doesn't want to have anything to do with his mom. So I kind of feel like that is coming because you saw when Ronnie approached Kanan this episode, thinking that he was working with Unique, he's he's a part of this heroin thing. He's not. Well, I kind of think he is going to definitely approach Kanan, though, and there may be an opportunity for them to work together. But because that also is a way to get back at Raquel. So it, it's perfectly there, laid out. That's what I see. But we have to see what the writers actually put out there, what actually happens. But I think that's what's going to end up happening because it, they've set this up where eventually it's going to be these two characters having to take each other down. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I'll go ahead, Daniel. You're muted. I'm muted. Sorry. I'm saying, respectfully, I disagree wholehearted, 1,000%. And the reason why is because of this. Remember when Rodney was doing the Mike Myers stare? The Michael Myers? And he was just there. And remember, both Famous and Kanan peaked at? And they was like, oh, my God. That's, you know, they was shooketh. And then remember when he came back, you dealing that hair ball? Right, and he was like disgusted by that, and he tried to get through, and he couldn't. That guy gives too many people the creepy weepies, and I do not see Kanan working with him. And I here's the thing: there's no way that Rodney can manipulate a situation, you know, like hey, little boy, at all, because he just can't do that. He lacks social cues. I don't think he genuinely knows that he terrifies people. So there's no way that I can see him working, even if it's to get him killed or to get back at Raquel. I cannot see him working with Rodney at all. And I cannot see Rodney working with Kanan. It's just a weird situation and dynamic that I think is just too creepy. And they they already, for me, kind of gave this explanation that the guy is too weird that when they first saw him just staring, they didn't want anything to do with him. So I can't, I cannot see that. And my whole question that I wonder a bit now, remember how they set up the, the Chinese restaurant spot? Is that, is that now all just abandoned? Because Ronnie was gone ho and not doing that. So does that still continue? Or is that now like a no? So, so well, here's why. I- Go, 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 go ahead, Gary. I'll go, I'll go after you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll try to be quick. But I, the, the reason I think Kanan will end, end up working with Ronnie is because I don't, I don't think he'll want to, but I don't think he's going to have a choice because I can see that social worker being a problem and then he's going to have to, you know, be at the house and not steer the ship, you know, which is the, the business. Um, and he already now doesn't trust Famous because Famous lost the money, you know. So somebody's going to have to take on that leadership role. Um, and if Ronnie comes along at the right time 
with the the right money, the right deal, like how can he refuse? You know, if if he's not in a situation to to be there, um, and if if Ronnie presents it as a partnership, like we're going to split this, I think he won't have a choice at that point because he's going to be under pressure from the social worker. Um, but if Ronnie just tries to strong arm, you know, into the situation like you like you were saying, Dana, I don't think Kanan will be happy about that at all. I don't think he'll, you know, and we've seen him fight men before. So he has no problems like fighting for for what he feels is his. Um, even though Ronnie is a very dangerous person. But um, but yeah, I feel like if Ronnie steps to him the right way when he's in a compromising situation with the, you know, the this whole social worker then he he's not going to have a choice, I think. So I think that's why it's probably going to happen. But I want to hear what, what Rich was going to say. Uh, two quick points. Uh, first and foremost, I believe when news gets out that Unique is dead, I think that's going to put a lot of fear in people as to who did it. If the word gets around that Ronnie did it, then yes, you're not going to want to cross this guy. That's why I do think that I could see that happening where at some point maybe Kanan does work with him. We have to see how they tell that story. Uh, but the other thing is this, is that before Unique died, he set up this whole thing with Stefano where he was trying to get in business with Stefano. Stefano probably had certain expectations after Unique started building up stuff that he didn't finish doing. You don't think he's not going to approach Raquel and say, I need you to pick up where Unique left off. All this is possibility. So that's why I say I want to see how they tell the story. But um, I kind of feel like from a standpoint of I've, these two characters are on a collision course. This is what I see happening with Ronnie and Raquel. Because it just it feels that way because, again, Ronnie feels so adamantly that Raquel took everything away from him and his brother. So he wants revenge. She's not going to just sit back and let, not let nothing happen, especially if her son is in trouble. We're working with this guy. So I want to see how they're going to tell that story. But we have to wait to see how everything plays out. But it's definitely a lot of exciting times ahead, I would say. <laughs> yeah, this could go so many ways. Like, And um, as for the Chinese spot, I do think there's a chance Ronnie would go back there and try and strike a new deal as long as the work is coming from him. Um, I think that's the most important uh, thing. Now that I'm not sure of because he was, he was, listen, man, he was, he was, he felt very disrespected when Unique presented that offer to him. And that was a funny conversation. It's like, no, this ain't it. This ain't it. So I don't know if he's going to do that. I mean, now that he has taken out Unique, he can just work with the, you know, the Colombians and because they already don't like Raquel, you know, anyway. So that's probably what he's going to do. But uh, we have to wait and see how that goes. But see, see, at, at this point, if if he uh, if he deals with the Colombians, he becomes like a distro at that point. So like, it's nothing for him uh, to to I to work to work with. Like he that's that's not like because the way Unique was presenting it is this is going to be your main thing. Like this is your main hustle, this Chinese shop. But if he becomes the distro, he can put the work anywhere he wants. Like he could he could put some there. He could put some with Canaan. You know, so he's going for like he's going for scale right now. So, um, so yeah, I think he could go there, and and if he does, 
that is going to instantly trigger something with Stefano because remember he is involved with yep. that situation. So that is going to create some more conflict. That makes sense. Oh. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. I agree. So okay. so I, I could see something like that happening maybe. But but Dana, was you gonna say something? No, I just had a really big revelation that I think I'll say for the end when we'd be like, oh, what's any final comments? Because I was like, oh, snap, it's the introduction to something. Wait, what? Say that again. There was a huge revelation that I think this episode made in a very random conversation that I think impacts or connects the universes together. So I was saying, I'll save it to the end when we do okay. our final takeaways, because yay, I'm excited now. I can't, I can't wait for that. I want to hear what that is. Um, but yeah, so so let's get to uh, some of the some of the questions here, because there is a lot to talk about. Um, so yeah, what what's your thoughts um, on, you know, the whole girl group, the dynamics of the girl group at the situation, uh, at the, the, the present situation with, um, with Aisha, you know, she was, she was finding it hard to, you know, practice the, the, uh, routines and everything like that. And then, um, obviously Crystal, she's not, she's not with it. She's not feeling it, but jukebox, you know, she offered her help of course, cause she's a stand up person, you know, and yeah. And now Aisha, potentially she's she's dating Canaan so yeah like uh two a, 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 a two-part question here do you think you know jukebox getting closer to Aisha as you know friends at the moment do you think that is going to cause a problem in the group and also will Canaan possibly you know um getting with Aisha make her lose focus and cause a problem so you know two-part question like Basically, how do you see this going at this present state? And I'm going to go with Richard first. So go ahead, Richard. <laughs> Interesting question. Um, so here's the deal. Uh, I sort of, I see the chemistry between Jukebox and Aisha. I don't really know if it's going to go in that direction. But what I do feel is going to happen because they have introduced this thing that Kanan now likes the girl. They made it a point to tell us in the previous episode when Jukebox had the examination, are you pregnant? Are you sure you're not pregnant? Have you been having unprotected sex? I, I'm going to tell you right now, what I think is going to happen is that this girl, Aisha, might end up getting pregnant. Obviously, I don't know if they're going to go in that territory, but if that happens, that will effectively shut down the group. Because they've told us in this episode that Aisha is a liability to the group. I kind of feel like Jukebox will help her and allow her to get better. But something else is going to happen that will steer this in a different direction and it messes up the group. And it will be kind of uh, fitting because the fact that Kanan, he, he, he really was celebrating Jukebox getting into this group. The previous episode, we saw it. The bond they had together. So for him to mess that up for her, it kind of feels like that's going to happen. I don't know to what extent it happens, but that's the first thing I thought of with the whole pregnancy thing, because they made a point about that. Now, I'm not saying I don't know what, if they're going to do that. I'm just saying he is going to. However, if he's going to be dating, dating Aisha, that will mess up uh, what's happening with her involvement with the group. 
and that could basically impact the group as a whole. So I want to see what they do. But uh, as for her and Jukebox having some type of romantic relationship, I don't know. It feels as though Jukebox, when she made mention that she reminds her of Nicole, is making you think as a viewer, well, it can go in that direction. But it may not go in that direction. But I do feel 100% Kanan is going to mess that up for her. So I want to see how they're actually going to tell that story. But that's just my guess. I, I Obviously, we haven't seen what happens next. It's just my guess as to what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, Dana, what, what do you think? Okay. So, please, no pregnancies. Good Lord. No, no. Um, first off, this is a conspiracy hat. So, the conspiracy hat is on. Anybody remember... In the 90s, I stated this before, there was a group called Another Bad Creation. Their biggest song was called Aisha. In the song, the lyric goes, Aisha, you're the girl I've never had. I just want to get to know you better. And the whole thing is, he never got Aisha. As much as he like fawned over her and loved her and was like, oh, I want to know you and we're having cereal. Remember, this was like they was at a playground. So they were young. You know, they were playing on the monkey bars. He never really dated her. So here's what I think. With everything that Jukebox has been through and all of the pain and hurt that she is suffering. And yes, Marvin is really happy. I think at this moment, Jukebox and Aisha just need a breather and a break. Let's just explore our friendship. We don't have to date. And then also, in a way, she gave Kanan, remember that conversation that they had at the club? Gave him, she gave him her blessing. So, you know, that's why she stepped away. Even though she looked like she was just sad, you know, a little mopey because she got to see, you know, that's the girl I never had. I just wanted to get to know you better. I think she will just be happy knowing her better and them being friends. And also that's just something psychologically I think is best for the character because the character has been so through so much in terms of girlfriends and relationships and I love you. You know, not even just that. Her dad is just now coming around and just now accepting it after he tried to choke her out for being gay. So yeah, remember that one. Um, so it's just, I feel a level of acceptance and a level of knowing that maybe keeping you afar is best for us as a whole. And then it gets a little bit complicated because one, it's the 90s, but two, we're in a girl group. And when you're in relationships with anybody, especially in a group that's meant for business, Things get real tricky and janky, and we don't want that at all. And then you have Pebbles, who is already down everyone's throat as well, is going to be even more enraged. So I don't want them together. Just be friends. Admire her from afar. She knows that you're gay. She accepts that. We're cool. We're hanging out. That's it. So it hurts, but that's what it should be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I... I agree with that because, um, you know, she's clearly still dealing with the pain of Nicole. Um, and yeah, sometimes when you're dealing with that pain, you know, although this girl reminds you of her, it's better to not walk down that path, you know, again, because she, you, you still have to heal 
And then also, you know, like the other girl hasn't really like stated that she's interested in that sort of thing anyway, you know? So I I think jukebox respects that, you know, that not everybody is, has the same sexuality as she does. So I think she respects that also. Um, So until the girl shows that she's interested, I think, you know, she, she wouldn't even try anything. Go ahead. She's keeping her at a distance as well because he was like, oh, well, what happened with Nicole? And she said, oh, it didn't work out. Um, she's not telling her everything. So I think that that one is, is it works two ways. One is to protect herself and two is to keep her at a distance. She knows what she's doing. She's actively keeping her at a distance. And I think that's wise. And she can still be happy because the girl is still in her life. They're still friends. It wasn't like, you lesbo. And then she runs away. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. But um, so how how quickly do you see this going left with the with the group? Like, <laughs> do you think they uh, you think this is gonna not last very long because there, there's trouble in paradise? <laughs> no, there is no trouble in the paradise, and we had this conversation before. We want to see the group grow and prosper. Maybe they just fade away because you know some groups just actually fade away. Another bad creation created one great um, album or CD or eight track, whatever they had in the nineties. And then their second one flopped and then you never heard from them again. So let them rejoice and be happy and be on the charts and experience that. And then they can fade away. There's so many acts that were really popular today that, you know, faded away. So just let it naturally fade. Mm. Maybe what might happen is maybe if Aisha does keep, um, you know, messing up. Maybe there's going to be a conversation of replacing her, but then Jukebox fights for her to stay in the group or something, you know, of that nature. Because we, we see this happen sometimes where members get replaced in groups. It's a dance step. Let her be in the group for a little bit. It's a dance step. They didn't even have their first show. They're just two-stepping it right now. Let, 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 her, let her breathe. Maybe... You could say, but vocally, from my understanding, all three of them are, well, no, she doesn't consider herself that vocally. I mean, they could always do a Destiny's Child situation because it was full of them before and then just kick somebody out. But not right now. Y'all always want negative right now. <laughs> yeah, hey, you're the one that always wants people dead, so we're, we're negative. That's the circle of life. That's the circle of life. I stand by my dead children. Well, go ahead. Go ahead, Rich. So I, I just make a quick comment. Uh, I actually don't think there will be any any major issues the rest of this season with that group. I kind of feel like this is a storyline for next season because we know that those two girls are also returning next season. So I would assume this is a season four where they might have some issues. Uh but yeah, I do agree. We need to see some positive stuff happen for a change for a jukebox because we know that the things do not end well for the character in the future. So we need to see her have some positive moments uh, before we get to the darker stuff. <laughs> mm, look at that. Rich did his homework. So yeah, I guess, I guess we're, <laughs> we're going to see the group go to the charts. So Dana's going to get her wish. Yeah, so... That, that's good to know. Um, let me see the questions we have here. Uh, did we cover everything? It looks like we covered everything. 
because uh yeah so so yeah that is everything that is all the questions i have so it's time for final thoughts i know dana's got some already uh i have a comedic final thought <laughs> so um i just want to say that you know there was the scene where raquel was called in by the cops you know um and they were questioning her about how she acquired the business from crown you know crown camacho and everything and then she had a lawyer with her who was kind of helping her out and instructing that you know she's not going to say too much like there's only so much he needs to say and you know i just want to say that this lawyer he he has to be the father of terry silver because this guy reminds me of terry silver from original power so much like he 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 is like the same lawyer like almost like I don't know what it is. Like, he just reminds me of Terry Silver, who was, you know, obviously the, the lawyer in Original Power that Tasha got with, if if anyone doesn't remember. But, yeah, this guy just yeah. reminds me so much of him. <laughs> the, same, the, same, the same lawyer that goes sloppily killed. And, <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, the, the, don't he remind you of Terry Silver, though? Like... Yeah, is it just me? I mean, I, I mean, I don't recall seeing. I don't recall seeing that lawyer. I, maybe he. I don't know if he was in any 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 of the other episodes. That's the first time I saw that character. I'm like, this guy came from out of nowhere. But yeah, he does look like Terry Silver. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, I think that's all I've got. Um, we haven't seen the trailer yet, oh. but I can't. I can't wait to see it. Um, but yeah, this was a fantastic episode. Um, Episode fives usually have deaths in them. Um, you know, that's usually when people tend to die, like we saw it in Ghost with, uh, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Force. Lorenzo. Yeah, and, yeah, and Force. Force. We saw, yep, yeah, Walter get taken out, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Walter and Lorenzo, they both died in episode five, so I guess we should have seen this coming, but it just hurt so much that it was unique. Uh, but fantastic episode. The tension was just a one. Like they they did a great job, like writing this and setting this up. Like so, you know, great job to Sasha Penn and uh, all of the talent involved in this show. Um, and yeah, that's my final thoughts. Um, I, I see Dana's got a huge uh, notebook there. <laughs> but did did you want to go first, Rich? Uh, we, we could. Go to Dana uh, no, let's go. Let's go. Let's go to Dana first. I, I have something I want to say afterward, but yeah, let's go to Dana first. Are you <laughs> sure? Because I can. I can wait. Okay. Oh no, no. Yeah. I want to hear what you have to say. I, I do. I definitely want to hear what you okay. have to say first. <laughs> so this is the same that officially ties us to our original power. You ready? You ready? You ready? I'm excited. Remember when? The CPS lady was at was at the door and in the house, and she was waiting for Kanan, and Kanan obviously didn't show. And she had a conversation with Raquel, and she was basically saying, you know, he needs to be here, and the, he and she understands how difficult it can be, but he needs to be here because he brought a gun to school, and maybe he should start making new friends. Get it? Get it? You yeah. get the connection? So remember, remember, Tommy was raised in Queens, Southside, Queens of the Jamaicas. And remember, Ghost and everybody else. So you start making new friends. Boom, we get Ghost and Tommy. Not this season, 
But maybe next season we start introducing because he has to make new friends. So maybe that business that he has, you know, it's going to be okay, but then it starts to unravel. And, you know, Famous is acting up. Maybe Famous, we don't know. Maybe he ends up being arrested again. Maybe he starts telling. You see the fractured relationship. I originally thought that, oh, maybe Canaan ends up running away or maybe he does end up in foster care. And we're gonna, his, his background wasn't really, really explained in terms of that. And it left a lot open for interpretation. But then once that guidance counselor or CPS lady started saying it's time for him to make new friends. And we all know who his new friends end up being. And this would be around the time where he starts making some friends. So I'm interested in learning or wondering if they start introducing us to baby Tommy and baby ghost. Yeah, I absolutely think they are. Um, they're, they're setting a lot of uh, clues out there because because like you posted on the community tab, Dana, there was the graffiti, you know, of Tommy's name. Um, so, yeah, I do think that they're plotting those clues there um, that these characters are going to start to come in the story. It might not be this season, but eventually we're, we're going to see, you know, that introduction introduction take place. So, yeah, um, I, I agree with you there. That That's a good good catch. You know, the new friends. <laughs> I I also agree. Um, as you said, it probably will be next season. Uh, we also have to also get the introduction the introduction of Breeze because apparently that is the talk of town in Power Universe. People keep saying, "Oh, it got to be this character. It got to be that character." So, I, my assumption is that yes, we're going to start to get some answers to these questions. I would say going into next season. Next season, I think, but but I definitely am curious to see. I like how they throw tidbits out every single episode of other stuff just to let you know what's coming ahead. So that's, that's, that's a good catch for sure. I agree. hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Um, did, did you have any more Dana? Um, no, um, you know, today it was a really tidy episode. So, um, one of the things that we still have lingering is the fact that we have the two cops who are purposely destroying Raquel's business in order to force her to pay and she's like no but i love the fact that she doesn't say no or doesn't even get emotional about it it's not even a thought it's like now nah, i'm good you know and she continues on with her do her day and so i do wonder because we, we do know that i hope you know eventually they're going to get their just due the two cops i just wonder who's going to be the one who, to go to do it because if the fbi and everybody else is kind of looking at her in the backyard is it going to be someone else you know, I don't know. So we do have to get rid of those two cops. And I wonder if they're more angry at the fact that she's not biting at, you know, them wanting to have protection and they're going to start, you know, doing things even more reckless. I wonder how that's going to work. And then also on top of that, we do have Howard. So even though Howard and Raquel are at each other right now, I wonder if Howard is somehow going to come into play, you know, a cop on cop situation. Um, it does seem something that is very minor in regards to the most overall story that we're dealing with, but it does seem to be an annoyance 
that doesn't need to keep continuing. So I do wonder how are they going to handle that situation. Another thing that popped up that was very interesting was Lulu's mother. Um, from I don't know, but did they both share a mother and have different fathers, or was it different fathers? Um, was it a different mother and then same father? Does anyone know the relation relation yeah, yeah. with Marvin and Lulu? Yeah, it's actually the same mother. It's the same mother. Oh, okay. So, um, and then they also she mentioned it was a sister. So that's interesting as well. Uh, we're learning more about the family, but that family wasn't that sister wasn't was it Raquel? I don't think she mentioned Raquel because she wouldn't she just say Ra- Raquel? I have one question. Like, remember in the in season two, Canaan went down south. Um, was was that an auntie? Right. That was auntie. So, yes. so that must be the other sister. No, yeah. wasn't that Raquel's sister? That wasn't Raquel's yeah. sister? Yeah, yeah, I think that was yeah. Raquel's yeah. sister. Yeah, yeah. So. so it's two sisters and two brothers that we know of. Yeah. So it's really interesting. Um, and I honestly didn't think the mother would still be in, in New York, would be in New York City. But um, um, it's interesting of the fact that all the mother really cared about was who's going to give me money. She wasn't concerned about her children at all. She was very angry about the husband leaving or, you know, all those years ago, dying all those years ago. And then, you know, when he said it wasn't the music that killed him and she, you know, basically was saying it was you. Um, so that's interesting how we brought her back. I didn't think that we was going to see her at all. I didn't really pay any attention to her. Um, so that is an interesting little tidbit that they added in there. And I don't really think that she needs to come back and have some kind of storyline. Um, but I like to, I, I'm, I'm not happy that they just showed that she exists. And, you know, we have Marvin, not Marvin, Lulu being in the music business with this um, jazz club spot right now is very therapeutic for him. And in a way, you could argue is honoring his father, continuing his father's legacy. So I like how they tied that up. That was very nice. So, yeah. Also, another thing, sorry, Lulu stopped drinking. Remember, it was seltzer water. So he's really getting his life kind of back together. And that scares me. But I like to see that he is somewhat in the straight and narrow and sober. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that that was a good scene to see that he he chose not to take the drink because he sees the club is doing well and stuff like so. Yeah, they're they're really building his character up, and that's definitely for a reason, you know. So um, I want to see what's coming. But um, great final thoughts. Uh, let, let's hear from Richard now. Any final thoughts for us, Rich? Uh, just one thing I do want to touch upon because you both brought it up and that actually was going to be part of my final thoughts. Uh, yes, Lulu is sober for now, but let's see if that changes because I feel like there will be something that pushes him to the brink to make him drink again. We know he still hasn't gotten over the fact that D Wiz and Scrappy got killed. So I would like to see if any of those things are going to come back to haunt him later. But, uh, I like that he is sober for now, but uh, 
he he was tempted multiple times in this episode to take a drink. He didn't take it. I kind of feel like that is a sign the character might drink again. So let's see what happens. But overall, outstanding episode. Um, I'm glad that we will now be able to check out the next episode. But we have to wait a little bit of time because there is no new episode next week. So this is a reminder to everybody watching the show. Uh, Power's not going to return until I think the second week of January. So stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, excellent episode. I can't wait to hear what you all think about the episode. And feel free to leave your comments and let us know everything that you uh, liked or didn't like about the episode. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait to see the thoughts um, of everyone. Um, Yeah, oh yeah, I did have one more final thought, actually. Because there is one character who is the connective tissue of this series, like this character is the glue that holds everything together and that's the dude in the wheelchair because this dude is the real g of the show like (laughs) he saved marvin's life you know um he helped marvin when he was uh getting you know when he was trying to get sal he helped him out by driving and um now we see him in this episode where howard you know uh, apparently howard is an old friend and he owes him a favor um and you know, Howard uses him to kind of steer the investigation away from from where they were heading, you know, basically reinforcing that Crown is the the, the one that was in charge. Um, so, yeah, this guy is the true G of, of the show. Like, they're, they're, they're using him in some very creative ways. Like, they're finding interesting ways to bring back this character. <laughs> so I just wanted to highlight that. All because he was nice. See, it pays off to just be nice to people. <laughs> exactly. All because Marvin was nice. So the, the therapy worked. Uh, Rich, was you going to say something, Rich? Yeah, I know. I agree. I like that character a lot. I believe his name is Demo. Um, I have to tell you, though, I, I, I am definitely afraid for that character because... Uh, there's going to be some retaliation for Marvin taking out Sal. We all know this is coming. And if it, and if Marvin isn't the one that gets hit, it very well could be this guy. It very well could be Gerald, anybody that hangs around Marvin. So uh, let's hope that he is remains safe for the rest of the season. But uh, I kind of feel like uh, something is going to happen at some point. So let's just uh, stay tuned. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nah, keep him safe. Keep him safe. Oh, yeah, Something's going to happen soon. Yeah, yeah, some characters are a little too happy. Something has to happen soon. <laughs> but if you look at it, every character, if you really look at it, is kind of happy, except for Ronnie, because you just can't read them. But every character is happy. And yeah. this is when it gets really bad. Except for Famous, he's not happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do feel like the ending of this season is going to hit hard. Like, I, I think there's some more deaths coming. There's like some serious things are going to happen because yeah, like you said, it is kind of more of a, a nicer kind of um, feel for the show so far. So yeah, something's coming. Like there's some dark times are coming. Um, but yeah, so that's all we have. Um, great episode. I enjoyed talking about this one because this was a great episode also. Um, it's sad that we got to take a break because I really want to see, you know, what happens next. I want to see what the, the conversation is going to be 
in episode six. But yeah, uh, we are on a one week break now. So I want to wish everyone happy new year early, you know, um, party, party hard, but not too hard. And, you know, I hope everyone's got their new year's resolutions set in place, you know, already and everything like that. So take care of yourselves, everyone, and stay in good health. And uh, we'll see you on that second week of January. Um, yeah, go ahead, Dana. Interviews. No, I was going to say, we still have interviews. Oh, yeah, the interviews are still dropping. Uh, so, you know, great job to you, Dana, with, with, with all of the content as well, because you've you done a great job with all, all the interviews. I love the Bettina Miller one, you know. Uh, but, yeah, so we'll see you guys again. I look forward to the comments. Peace out. Take care, everyone.